Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Heels in the Courtroom. I'm Elizabeth McNulty. Today, I am joined by Amy Gunn. Hello. Erica Slater. Hey. Liz Lenevy. Hi there. And Mary Simon. Hey, everybody. So when I was brainstorming topics for potential podcast episodes, I was trying to think of interesting ways to discuss some of our life and professional experiences and the lessons that we've learned along the way. And I've always thought that one of the best ways to learn is from other people's experience and missteps. I think part of that comes from having an older sibling that I could learn from, and I was able to use him as sort of a guide, sometimes for what to do and many times what not to do. We all know boys do a lot of dumb stuff. (laughs) And this is one of the main reasons I enjoy doing the podcast so much, because that's what it's all about, being able to learn from all of your experiences and not always having to learn the hard lessons firsthand. So with that said... Today, I want to hear what advice you'd give your younger self. Amy, what do you have? Well, it probably won't surprise anybody that I sat down before we started recording and wrote down like four pages of stuff and called my mother. So first bit of advice, call your mom. Call your mother regularly. Um, Call people you trust and people that love you regularly for positive reinforcement. I've come up with a couple of things, and I know I've said this before, but one thing that I learned probably 10 years ago was after going to a business seminar, it was a women in business seminar, and it was that you teach people how to treat you. But I can't emphasize how much I have taken this to heart and believe it's so important because it tells you you can now recognize how much control you have over not only your own actions, but the actions of others, which I think we all struggle with feeling a loss of control, particularly in the time of COVID, but also being type A personalities that we are. We have to control and plan. I'm not suggesting that you can control everybody. But to the extent that you interact with people and have relationships with people, either personal or professional, you really can, to a certain extent, educate them on how you want to be treated, which segues into one of my other favorite bits of advice, which is respond, don't react. Because that is also a way of teaching people how to treat you. If you are always popping off and reacting and taking the bait, you're teaching that person how to get under your skin. So I just encourage everyone, especially early in their career, to understand the power that they have to control not only your own reactions to things, but also your ability to teach other people how you want to be treated. Erica, what about you, babe? Well, that sounded all very profound. I was going to start with, like, sun in and midriffs weren't a thing. 
<laughs> we can always leave it up to me to go to the, I'm old, I'm going to tell you what I think. Well, you know, it's interesting. Mary and Liz and I were talking in my office earlier today about this episode, and I thought it was so funny. Liz, I'm going to rat you out. Liz put like a poll on Instagram yesterday or last night, like, what would you tell your younger self? And I thought it was so funny. I'm like, I know what you're doing. You're pulling the audience for your answers. <laughs> but what it all boils down to is kind of paying homage to the experience that you've gained. And sitting here as a 35-year-old, you know, my immediate look back is the last 10 years of my career because that's when something happens in your mid-20s and you just start becoming the person that you are going to be in a really concrete way. Everything is not about you and everything that comes with that phrase is absolutely what I would tell my younger self. I spent way too much time when I was younger worrying about what other people thought about me, worrying about, you know, did I make that person mad? Worrying how I could please more people in my life thinking that that was the solution to find my own happiness. And getting caught in that cycle and having that perspective in your relationships and in your interactions and in the choices that you make is so it's spinning your wheels and it's never going to lead to anything good and that is really the thing that came out of it everything's not about me and my opinion of myself is what matters and once i was able to really embrace that it was so freeing that it just kind of infiltrated everything else in my life in a really good way. But you can't learn that when you're young. You can't learn, you know, kind of where you're on the wrong path or have that experience until you get there. So, yes, Elizabeth, like you're saying, I've spent quite a bit of time learning from others' mistakes. I've never thought you needed to make certain mistakes on your own. You can always be like, oh, no, that... I don't want to do that. But in that regard, like kind of your life outlook and your worldview, a lot of that is just going to come through kind of living through it and doing the hard work and getting to a point where you're really, really comfortable in your own skin. And when I look back, law school is probably the most transformative time for that, too. You know, I've always been kind of like a bossy, confident gal. But in law school, someone like gave me the keys and said, this is how you do it. And this is how you use your skill and kind of harness that energy for good and for other people and for your profession. And getting up in a courtroom and being the only person in that courtroom who is standing up for your client is such a huge responsibility that it kind of makes you invincible. Mm -hmm. Like you're the only one that that client is relying on. You're the only one there standing up for that person. And that's your job. And it's so empowering. I've kind of taken that skill and, you know, the fact that that's our day to day and tried to incorporate that in other things I do in my life. It's hard to stand up for yourself in the same way you might stand up for your client. So true. So by taking that and kind of learning in, in my personal life the same way I act in my professional life has really been something that I wish I had harnessed earlier. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when the sun and the midriffs were <laughs> ruling my life, 
<laughs> that was impossible. It's funny, we all had different ideas of what we would tell our younger self. The first thing I had down was be nice and save your money. And <laughs> I think those are just things that I was taught when I was little. Uh, so initially I'm like, be nice, save your money. That's something that I would always tell at my younger self. At any age. Right, at any right. age. But on a, a little bit of a deeper level, a couple things that I have thought about was, first and foremost, no one knows you better than you. So you have to trust yourself. And along that same uh, line of thought is you need to ask less people for advice hmm. and you need to be careful about who you're asking for advice. You can be incredibly close with your family, with your parents, and sometimes they're not the people that you need to go to to ask for advice when you want someone to just tell it to you straight, give you an honest opinion, because nine times out of 10, the people who you're going to, you're already going to know kind of what their thoughts are. And you don't want to be going to someone to ask them for advice when it's someone who you're also trying to please or live up to that expectation that I had talked about earlier. So trust yourself in every single thing that you're doing. I know, Amy, you have instilled that uh, concept in me, not only in work, but also in my own personal life. I'm the captain of the ship that is my life. And when you want advice or input from someone, you don't need to go to someone who you're trying to aspire to be or or get someone's advice on a one-track mind. You need to pick someone that you trust who's not going to BS you and will give you advice that you trust. The next that I was thinking about was don't turn down any opportunity too quickly. And I say that because I think about some of the experiences that I've been privileged to have whether it's in high school or even college and, and traveling, which is such you know a privileged thing to say, being 29 years old, it just is, or, or being invited to do an internship somewhere or an externship, what, whatever it is, just think before you turn it down, even if it seems like it might not be something that is totally in line with where you want to end up. But you know, a couple months of a really cool experience, just think about it before you say no. I would love to tell my younger self that and also just continue to talk to other people about that. If someone ever thinks they have presented with an opportunity that's making them have a, you know, a left turn on their straight track, you know, maybe it is time to make a left turn. So just think before you turn down any opportunity. And last, which in a way I think echoes what Amy and Erica has said, but you got to have boundaries. You got to have boundaries with people. Boundaries help teach people how to treat you. It also just protects your peace. Something that I've been doing lately, which also could just be a result of, you know, therapy, which <laughs> highly recommend, right? Highly recommend highly. it to anyone at any point in their life, especially my younger self, go to therapy. Even if you think you don't need it, that's when you probably need it the most. Think about your day and think about what you want your day to look like, or, you know, an upcoming weekend or what you want your Sunday to look like, what you want your, your alone time to look like and base your decisions of how you're going to spend your time around what you want it to look like. I'm not talking about saying no to someone if you're supposed to show up for them, but just think about your own peace, your own trajectory, your own mental health, your own physical health. Think about what you want your days to look like and protect that. Protect that by saying yes to things you want to say yes to, no to things you don't want to say yes to. And that even that even goes into trusting yourself. You know you better than anyone. I just think that that would have served me really well in a younger version of myself. And I'm trying as hard as I can to implement that now. 
Liz, what did your Instagram results yield? (laughs) Well, when I thought about this question, I'm 29 as well, and so I sort of broke it down into what would I tell high school me? What would I tell college me? And what I wrote down for high school me is it's okay if you don't know what you want to do yet. We put a lot of pressure on uh, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids to know what they want to do for the rest of their life. College me... I wrote down, rejection is going to happen. It is not a reflection of your worth. But don't let that the fear of rejection stop you from trying. Because I think that that is something that I really struggled with uh, as someone who is very type A and always wants to succeed and has struggled with coping with failure. The fear of rejection has stopped me from pursuing other goals that I think I may have been able to, to accomplish, but I'll never know. And then lawyer me, I am actually going to use one of my crowdsourced answers. And this came from a professor I had in college who is a retired attorney. And then he went on to teach at the university following his law career. And his advice was never be afraid to quit a job you hate or be willing to completely change careers. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really great advice. I will say that this time of the year is very, um, it's very odd for me because we're recording on a Thursday, and this upcoming Sunday will be the seventh anniversary of my dad's passing. And so keeping that in mind and this time of the year, the piece of advice that I would give my younger self, and I think it is something I learned at a young age, is that people don't remember what you say or what you do so much as they will remember how you make them feel. And this reminded me of a story because it happened right about seven years ago um, of my worst interview I have ever had. It was the fall of my 2L year and for anyone that has gone through law school, typically your fall semester of your second year of law school is when you start interviewing for jobs that you're going to take for your summer between 2L and 3L year. And so I was in the middle of on-campus interviews. I was interviewing with several different firms. But simultaneously, I was also dealing with a really personal family issue in that my dad, who had been diagnosed with late-stage lung cancer about three years prior, he had gone into remission a number of times. But this time, in the fall of 2013, the cancer had come back, and it was more aggressive, and we kind of knew that... There was no getting over it this time. And on top of that, I am the oldest in my family. And my mom, who I know I've talked about on the podcast as well, she is from South Korea. English is her second language. She has always relied pretty heavily on me, which I appreciate. I love being able to give back to my mom in that way after everything she's given me. But there was a lot of pressure to sort of be the rock for my family during this time, while also balancing law school, which is a huge commitment as well. And I was not doing well on these OCIs because I had so much going on in my personal life, but I was trying to get through them. And I remember I went into this one interview with a big firm, and my grades were good enough to get me into the interview. (laughs) (laughs) And I was bombing the interview. I will fully admit, I was not doing well. It was not my A game. I was doing my best, though. And the interviewer asked me, tell me about a time that you have overcome adversity. 
And before I could even really think about the question, I just started word vomiting, telling about my story and how I was balancing being the oldest daughter of an immigrant family and my dad being sick, but also how I had managed to still be successful in school and how that required me to prioritize, but also keeping in mind, you know, my commitments to my family and how I was really proud of my accomplishments. And I thought it was, I thought it was a good answer. I me thought too. For, for an interview that I had been just bad, it was a bad interview. <laughs> I thought it was a good answer. It was a good answer. Yep. Yeah. The interviewer never looked up from her pad of paper while I was answering. And when I was done, she did look up and she said, is that it? <laughs> and it was like she just took that pen and stabbed me. Oh my God. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that, that's it. And I don't even remember what happened. I think she asked me a couple more questions. I probably asked the standard, what's the culture of your firm like question <laughs> at the end. And I stood up, shook her hand, said, thank you so much. And I bolted out of there. And I remember immediately going to a classroom. I was on the law journal at SLU and the law journal classrooms have locks on them. You have to punch in a key code. And so I knew that at least if I cried in there, I would have maybe two seconds to try to clean myself up because I would hear the key code go off. And that is exactly what I did. I sat in the law journal office and cried. And during that time, a 3L walked in, who I had maybe said five words to in the couple of months that I had known him. And he saw me. And typically, you'd think if you walk in on a, a girl just crying out her mascara, you just turn around and be like, I don't need to go in there right now. You turn around. But he walked in, he sat down next to me, and he asked me what was wrong, and listened to me tell my story, and then he told me about his own family, how he had lost a loved one to cancer, and he, in that moment, he didn't need to show me that much kindness, but he did. And so, what are we now, seven years later, I still remember these two people. I remember the interviewer and how she made me feel. And I remember that third year law student and how he made me feel. And so I, I carry that with me. And so that is a lesson that I learned at a young age, but I have carried it with me over the years. And, and I'll tell you, that particular interviewer, I saw her a couple years later. Actually, she walked into a, a mediation. She was one of the attorneys <laughs> on the other side. Great. And she introduced herself to me, and it was very obvious she did not remember me, but I remembered her. And so it's, it's one of those things that it's a tough story to tell. It's something, though, that I am, I'm glad I learned that lesson at a young age. And I just encourage people, now that I am older, that it really does how you make people feel will stick with them. And I try to remember that in all of my interactions, both professionally and personally. I, I try to remember how will I make a client feel? How will I make my colleagues feel? Opposing counsel, the, the folks at the court, the, the court staff, how am I making them feel? They're gonna remember me for that. And so I think it's, a, it's an important lesson and one that we really should just keep in mind with whatever interactions we have on a daily basis. Liz, thank you for sharing that story with us. That was 
some really powerful advice and I'm not sure how to follow it, quite frankly. But um, I also wrote down some of the similar things that you guys did, Erica, you know, don't take stuff personally, not everything's about you. I've learned that repeatedly throughout the last couple of years. My main one, though, is that don't sweat the jobs and the opportunities that didn't didn't come your way. I've also learned this one a few times in my life. I think it's a hard lesson to stomach. During OCI on-campus interviewing at WashU, it happened in the summer. So I had just started at Simon and I was already looking for a job for the next year, which was pretty overwhelming. And everyone at WashU, they kind of push you to go into big law. So I thought that's what I wanted to do. I'd been working at Simon for a month. And so at that, at that point in my life, I thought that I wanted to go into big law because that's what everyone around me was doing. That seemed like that was the goal that I should strive for. And I got a lot of interviews, went on them and didn't end up getting any offers. And that was the first point in my life where I'd experienced that kind of rejection. I think it shakes your confidence because you feel like it's about you. But I ended up asking if I could stay at Simon another year. And I think that I, after I reflected on that whole interview process, I think I realized that it was because my heart just wasn't in it. That wasn't the path that I wanted to go down. And so it worked out because, you know, I ended up with the job that I absolutely love and around people that I love and I love to learn from them. And I've learned probably more in the last year than I think that I would have learned, you know, in a few years at other those other places that I interviewed with. But I think that that advice to not sweat the opportunities that didn't come your way, to trust the process, I think that's hard to stomach in those big life-defining moments where you feel like you're not getting what it is that you want. But I think that it's important to realize that those things tend to work out because better opportunities will come your way. You just kind of keep the path. I think that it's important to recognize for all of us that I think the story that you shared, Liz, and the pieces of advice that we've heard from Amy and Erica, they all kind of have a similar theme or underlying thread, which always comes down to you getting through a tough time, recognizing that you still have worth, you can still move forward. You have the authority to make your own decisions about who you are. You can control you in interactions with others. It's super encouraging to me, and I hope it's also encouraging to our listeners to just use a new framework when you're interacting with people that it's almost like you have a little force field around you that you are going to be fine no matter what happens and you can get through it and you can have a circle that you trust uh, to lean on when things get hard, but you will be able to persevere. Also realizing that there are no rules and that comes from all sides, whether it's the rules you make for yourself, which Holy cow, if someone asked you to start analyzing that, you're going into a (laughs) rabbit hole. Nobody set that expectation for you. It's something that you're perceiving or thinking that, you know, was an expectation that was put on you. And once you realize there's no rules, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares what you're doing at the end of the day. It can be really freeing and it helps you kind of get through all the disappointments that inevitably we're all going to experience I will remember today because of the way I feel right now. Like you said, I will remember part of what everyone else has said, but I will take away how I feel right now, which is supported and 
lucky and privileged to be in this room. And it makes me think of a bit of advice, which is appreciate your people. Have some self-awareness. Open your eyes and look around. I oftentimes am in my bubble and think that whatever I'm doing at this moment is very important. And I mean, most time it is. Okay, let's face it. Most time it is. <laughs> but I'm never alone. I'm never alone. I wouldn't be here if I were alone. It may not be the same group of people over the years. I mean, if you're lucky, there is a consistent group. But as I have traveled through my life, I have had different sets of people who've gotten me through things, different sets of people that you've been on a journey with. And not to appreciate that and what people do for you and how they lift you up and take your hand or give you the hug that you need that day or the, the chin up or whatever it is, is regretful. And you all know I don't do regrets. But that is something that you really have to keep aware of. Take care of yourself. Whether it's therapy, whether it's reaching out to people, whether it's exercising, just take care of yourself. I always think about when you're on airplanes, when we used to fly on those airplanes, those things in the sky that take us (laughs) different places. We don't get to do that very often anymore. But the line of advice that they give you, if the oxygen fails, the oxygen masks come down, put yours on first. It's not our instinct to do that, especially if you're sitting next to your children or your loved one or, I don't know, a complete stranger who looks like they're not able to do it for themselves. But we have to, because unless we're at our best, we're not doing our best for the rest. Looking outside the window today, dreary, cold, overcast, looking at the state of our world today, I mean, it is easy to be down. And it takes these kinds of things to pull us up and to say, this is just temporary. The weather is temporary. The state of the world is temporary. Honestly, it is. It's temporary. And, that, and not only that, but we can control how we feel about things. And being in this room today, just thank you. Just thank you all for being on this journey together. Just thank you. Echoing Amy, you know, find your people. Find your person, your persons. And appreciate them. Appreciate them. Don't be afraid to rely on them and be there when they need to rely on you. Wow. I'm always astounded at the just wealth of knowledge that I walk away with from these episode recordings. So listeners, I hope you learned even a fraction of what I've learned today. And I think that we're all better off for having participated in this. So again, thank you all for joining us. As always, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions for us, we'd love to hear from you. So shoot us an email at comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law. Bye. Bye. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by The Simon Law Firm. Connect with Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, or Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law.